right, it's that time of year again when we are right upon the new year. And I don't know about you, but when we get to New Year's Eve, it's a great moment of reflection, right? We're thinking about the year prior and we're thinking about the year ahead. And it's a lot of fun to do that in the world of pinball. We're going to do that on this episode of Canada's Pinball Podcast. I am going to give to you what I believe were the top 10 moments in the pinball hobby in 2018. And what I mean by that, these are the 10 moments that I think sparked the most discussion, conversation, debate, maybe controversy in pinball in 2018. We're also going to have some honorable mentions because it's really hard to do only 10 because there's so much that we're into in the world of pinball. Before I do that though, I want to take a step back and just reflect a little bit on where we are in pinball in 2018. And I have to say overall, overall, you can't look at this hobby and not say that we're in a really good place in terms of pinball and being hobbyists associated with pinball. Right, There are more manufacturers than ever before making pinball new in box and selling them to you, the customer. So that, that is a good thing. I know I go back and forth on whether or not what's inside those boxes is incredible or not. That's a different topic for a different day. Um, we have more pinball content than ever before. So if you're really into pinball, you don't have to always buy a pinball machine to enjoy pinball. I remember five years ago, if you really wanted to spend your free time listening to pinball podcasts or watching pinball on YouTube, your options were very limited. And I think now we have more and more people out there creating incredible pinball content for you to enjoy, right? Some of my favorite are Jack Danger. You cannot deny uh, all the incredible stuff Jack is doing for the hobby straight down the middle and their reviews, Greg and Zach over there. Uh, my favorite pinball podcasts right now, Special When Lit, Head-to-Head uh, -head Pinball, Slap Save is a new one that I'm really enjoying. Uh, and it, we have to give an incredible shout out to Jeff over at This Week in Pinball. Because I think out of all the pinball content that has happened in the world, This Week in Pinball has allowed us to absorb the news without absorbing the drama which is why This Week in Pinball is great. It's a great resource for everyone. But every week, every month, it seems like more and more people are putting on a mic or turning on a camera and creating pinball content for you. And I think that's, that's a good thing. It, it, there, you know, this isn't a race to be the best at any of this stuff, right? Okay, so that being said, what kind of year was it in 2018? And it's interesting because I don't know about you, but when I try to remember, well, what actually happened in 2018? Like, did that happen in 2017? For example, if I asked you, when was Pirates of the Caribbean revealed to the world? It was October of 2017, not even 2018. And so I had to do a little bit of research and homework because 365 days is not a long time in the world of pinball, especially when most of us are reading about this hobby every single day. But I did my best to make sure that everything we're, we're going to discuss on this podcast happened in 2018. So let's jump right to it. So before I do the list of the top 10 moments, I wanted to throw out some honorable mentions. And these are things that have just happened, again, that have sparked conversation, that have become somewhat of a, of, of a hot topic in the world of pinball. Number one in that list of honorable mentions is Odin 
hyper user on pin side takes a break once again. Uh, not a huge deal, but he is one of the personalities that keeps pin side refreshing and, and fun for people to go on. And I will say this, we have to give an honorable mention to pin side in general. Without it, uh, most of us would really struggle to have a daily place to go and communicate and connect with people over pinball. It is the greatest pinball website, forum, community of all time. There's no way around it. There's no way around it. Robin and the team over there, you have the best resource for people in pinball. And there's no, there's no greater way to sort of articulate that than I think owner's club threads. When you buy a new pinball machine and there's something going on with the game, this is what I miss most about Pinside. You go on there and you tell someone, hey, look, my shooter rod isn't working right. And within minutes, sometimes seconds, you will get a response from someone on, on how to troubleshoot your game. That, that's incredible. There, there's like no other hobby where you get the immediate response like you do in pinball. All right, so kudos to everyone who keeps Pinside running on a, on a daily basis. All right, next on honorable mention, Todd Tucky's book deal goes south. It's one of the funniest threads you could ever read in, in all of pinball history. Todd Tucky signed a 10-book deal. First book comes out. It's printed on toilet paper. The publisher and Todd go back and forth in, in a way that I, I couldn't even craft if I tried to make the craziest thread ever. Just read it. Um, another honorable mention for the year, just another day in Dutch BS neighborhood. All right, so Dutch pinball really did nothing in 2018. I, this is not in the top 10 because it, this has been this way now for a few years. Uh, they continue to keep people uh, in the dark on what is going on. The latest news is that Yop is, is suffering from cancer, which sucks, uh, but there's no momentum anymore around the Big Lebowski. It's a shame. I still consider it to be one of the greatest pinball machines I've seen come out in the last five years, but nothing is happening. It just seems to be another bad year for those of you who went in on the Big Lebowski. Speaking of another bad year, but not this is like this this one's been dead for a while. But 2018 was also another year in which there was no real justice served to Kevin Kulik and Skit B and Predator. Whatever came of the court date and all the court hearings and all the court moments surrounding Kevin Kulik probably nothing will come out of it. Nobody's going to get any money. It's just going to just going to go away. Uh, but in 2018, we saw absolutely no updates around Kevin Kulik. All right, this one it was going to make the top 10, but I, I moved it out because I, I just think that even though this does create a lot of conversation and a lot of controversy, I don't think a lot of people care. And I don't think a lot of people are in on this game. And I don't think a lot of people even give a shit if this company succeeds or fails. And that is Homepin ignoring the Australian pre-order customers and shipping the first Thunderbird games to Canada. And when this happened, it, it was like the, the biggest like kick between the legs that all of these Australian pre-order people who supported Mike all these years received. And most of them still don't have their games as of December 27th, 2018. 
And this has been a five-year journey uh, that is, again, leaving a lot of these Thunderbirds pre-order customers uh, feeling really salty. Uh, I think the other thing you could add to this whole thing is that just throughout 2018, it's been an absolute terrible year for the public relations surrounding this company. Mike has time and time again continued to be his own worst enemy, continues to battle customers, continues to fight people in, in a very vitriolic way, and he's very cantankerous. And I just don't think you're going to see a lot more coming from this company in, in the future. And I'm gonna, that's going to be part of my 2019 prediction episode, but not, not today. Another honorable mention is Batman 66 Code is finally finished after two years. Uh, I think we're going to see a lot more uh, uh, Stern Games getting faster code updates. But the fact that it took two years to get Batman from... Uh, you know, it's release, I think it was October, I want to say of 2016, to finally being finished in December of 2018. Uh, the journey was painful for those who went in early on the game, uh, but the overall consensus is that Lyman has once again created a masterpiece. But that, that was a big moment this year. Where, where when Batman hit 1.0, I think owners really finally felt validated for going in on this title. This is another big moment. We're not, no, this is not a big moment. This is an honorable mention, Chris. Stick with the program. Just an honorable mention that R2-D2 Topper is still not out. We, we know it's been revealed, uh, but wh why would it take two years to get a Topper approved? Uh, there's something going on with R2-D2. And it's kind of crazy because Stern, you remember, Stern sold the most amount of LEs, I think, ever with Star Wars. We're at 800 is the largest number of limited edition games Stern has ever sold. And all those LE guys would probably love to put R2-D2 on top of the game. It's still not out. I think it's soon, but it, it's kind of crazy that R2-D2 toppers won't be shipping until 2019. All right. The last thing, and this was going to be in my top 10 moments, but it's not really like a top 10 moment we discussed a lot on Pinside. But to me, this is one of the... I think one of the most pivotal things happening in the hobby that's just a, it's kind of like a wake-up call. It's sort of like a reality check. And if I were to look at 2018 and you ask me like, well, what's something that you think kind of defined the direction this hobby is going in and something that was just a really important thing that happened uh, that is just indicative of where we are in, in pinball. Uh, and that is that dialed in, it won the most Twippy Awards in 2017, at the end of 2017, everybody praised Dialed In. And yet throughout 2018, Dialed In, at the, at, at the end of Jersey Jack tallying up its sales, Dialed In will go down as being Jersey Jack's worst selling game. And I think that's a significant moment in 2018. I think it's an honorable mention moment because I think what that indicates, and you could argue that Jack sort of destroyed the sales of Dialed In by showing Pirates of the Caribbean so early, and I wouldn't argue against you if you said that. But I think what it indicates is that overall in pinball is that theme is really important and how you launch a game is really important and making sure you give people something simple and easy enough to understand is important in getting people to be attracted to your pinball offering, okay? And, you know, 
I think dialed in is just a good example of something that was such a, uh, you know, it was such a pinball experiment with Pat Lawler, five years, you know, the best designer, blank check, but then it didn't sell. And, and I think that lack of sales is, is, was, is really going to impact what other companies do and their strategies as they think about how much do you need to put into a game to make it successful as, as pinball companies really are, are fighting to, to stay viable and above water as we go into 2019. All right, drum roll, please. These are Canada's top 10 moments of 2018. And again, remember what I said. These are moments that you talked a lot about. These are moments that you discussed. I want to go down the list now. And I think I arranged these in order of least impactful to most impactful or most significant. And, and again, maybe I didn't, but these are all moments that I think took over the pinball hobby in 2018. Are you ready? Number 10, Deep Root Pinball. And 2018 was an interesting year for Deep Root Pinball because they said a whole lot of stuff and delivered on absolutely nothing. And I was probably most shocked by Deep Root Pinball's appearance at Chicago Pinball Expo in which they made probably some of the most ridiculous claims you can possibly make about making more games than any other manufacturer ever in a single year, having five titles, having this, having that. All of it added up to absolutely nothing. And now we have news that they are not going to be at TPF in March to show us the five days of Deep Root. Now, this is interesting because it just goes to show that you can take over a lot of the pinball conversation with by doing almost absolutely nothing other than communicating what your plans are, you will get people on board. Now, do I think Deep Root Pinball is, is smoke and mirrors and, and going to fail horribly and all the stuff that people might be speculating? I don't. I think they have a team. I, ha I think they have a plan in place. I do think their challenge is going to be all the money they're spending to get to day one of putting a game in a box. How are they going to make up all that money spent? And we know that Robert is, is, is using investor dollars to get Deep Root Pinball off the ground. But every day they go in there, everyone's getting paid. Every day they go in there, uh, money's going uh, out the door, but no money's coming in. How do you make up for that? And I also think they're probably trying to do too much at once. You don't need to release five to seven games a year. I also, if you listen to my latest podcast with CEO Dave, I, I, I don't think you're going to win trying to go out at Stern. I don't think you're going to win trying to go at Stern prices. I don't think you're going to win trying to go at Stern volume. I, I'm not necessarily sure Deep Root has identified what their position within the pinball marketplace will be. You just can't be like, we're going to make better pinball and then we're going to be successful. That is the mentality that has sunk every other new to the game manufacturer because they're trying to beat Stern at Stern's game and you just can't do it because there is no way Deep Root ever figure out manufacturing at the level Stern has. And, and, and I don't mean that with any disrespect, but I just wouldn't become a company trying to compete with Stern on volume and price. I think that is a surefire way to disaster. All right. Number nine moment in 2018 was the Monster Bash remake launch. I mean, their launch strategy was somewhat scarier than the theme itself. This title was rumored to be the next title. 
remember most of 2018 we had absolutely zero confirmation about monster bash remake it was supposed to be at texas pinball festival in march in 2018 and they announced they weren't going to be there we waited and waited and waited and waited and then finally they just put up a facebook announcement sometime in the summer being like you guessed it our next game is monster bash and it was sort of like a really piss poor way to get people excited about the title now you could argue that they don't have to get people too excited because it's already a game that's been around for 20 plus years that people have played and love and so it it did become a big moment because we finally got confirmation that monster bash remake was coming out we finally saw the game at expo the feedback was great but i'll say this the other moment with this game in 2018 is the lack of limited edition games that have shipped to customers who have paid for the game now since november i know i know that doesn't seem like a long time but when you go into the monster bash remake thread i think you're just reading a lot of frustrated buyers right now a lot of people expected to get these games faster and I'm not sure if that's unrealistic expectations, but I think a lot of distributors promise consumers their games quicker than they got them. And I think a lot of distributors were asking people to pay in full, and then now people are like, wait a minute, where's my game? And, and let's, let's also be honest that when you buy a game in November, you really want it before Christmas. And there's something about getting your game before Christmas or during the holidays that is on everyone's wish list because you have friends and family coming over and you want to open up your new toy. And so when that doesn't happen, I think that rubs people the wrong way. All right, number eight in the top 10 moments of 2018 was the Alice Cooper Nightmare Castle reveal. Uh, again, we're going back in time. We're going back to March of 2018 and Charlie revealed this game at TPF and I have to say it was a little bit of like a mixed bag reveal I think he revealed his best looking pin to date by far I think when you stand over Alice Cooper's Nightmare Castle and you put it next to the other spooky pinball games we are definitely seeing progress occur the, the company keeps making each game better than the game before and i think there was a lot of excitement when he pulled the curtain off the game i think the reveal itself was very lukewarm but what what has really defined the conversation around alice cooper's nightmare castle in 2018 and the reason it's on the top 10 list is more about the delay of this game where is it we are at the end of the year that was almost 11 months ago that Chuck revealed the game. Maybe 10 months ago that Chuck revealed the game. And we still don't have consumers getting the game. Now, he's got to make 500 of these. And so I think the wait for this game has really defined the conversation this year. And more and more people are getting anxious, impatient, and you can't blame them. You can't blame them. And the reason why you can't blame them is Charlie asked for non-refundable deposits on the game. And it's hard to do that when you haven't played the game, when you haven't seen good video footage of the game, and you're sort of just going in uh, on basically visuals alone. And as we know in pinball, I think games looking sexy is sort of becoming par for the course. So uh, really a shame that Charlie wasn't able to get games in boxes and out to consumers uh, in, in a shorter window. 
And and again, we we talk a lot about this, but you really have to get customers their games within two months of revealing your product or you're going to create an environment where all hype is gone. And also, as we as we see in pinball, with so much coming out, we don't really continue to get excited about games that we saw like a year ago or 11 months ago. We are, we're, we're, we're very much on to the next, on to the next. So I, I think Alice Cooper's Nightmare Castle uh, was revealed too soon, and the wait and the delay has really become the predominant conversation around that title right now. All right, number six. I will say, or sorry, number seven on Canada's top 10 is Oktoberfest has a monkey problem. And this is another, you know, just as we think about, again, the conversations that were, were born out of different moments throughout the year. We all knew that Oktoberfest was a rumored title. We got confirmation that Oktoberfest was going to be American Pinball's latest title at Chicago Expo in October. October and Oktoberfest. Finally, the worlds of marketing have synchronized. Uh, but if you think about the conversation coming out of that reveal, really, really controversial stuff around probably one of the stupidest things ever. The simple fact that there was a monkey on the back glass that had his hands on two girls' buttockses without their consent, apparently. And it really opened up Pandora's box in this politically correct Me Too culture. How could they do that? That's completely creepy and insensitive. And it, it created this entire debate around the game that I, I know they didn't want. It wasn't a, a good discussion happening. Uh, they are going to correct that issue. So it's going to be a non-issue. But I think the overall moment around this game in 2018 was we have a new American pinball game. It looks really interesting, but I think the monkey is just indicative of a bigger issue that became the conversation with this game. And that was just, what is going on with the artwork on this game? Like, who is creatively directing this game? And I think in 2018, if you come out with your game reveal and the conversation around artwork is anything other than it looks freaking amazing i wouldn't change a thing you've sort of fucked up big time because <clears throat> there's no room anymore there's no room with with where the caliber of artwork is in pinball to release an art package that just looks so mediocre now i know for a fact that american pinball is trying to like figure out a solve here i know they've reached out to some other pinball artists that you are familiar with that has that have done some work in other pinball games that you're aware of uh, to kind of create a solution here. Uh, but for 2018, I, I think the big moment is Oktoberfest, a, lot, a title that a lot of us hoped wouldn't be the title, was confirmed, and the game came out, and it looked just... It, it looked like it wasn't up to the same standard we're seeing from other manufacturers. In terms of art, I think they were putting a lot into the game mechanically, I think it has a lot more interesting stuff going on in layout and in toys. Uh, but American Pinball continues to just be, you know, I think they're struggling to figure out how to give you everything you want in a pinball experience. Now, the caveat being the games are $7,500. So give them a break, too. The, the, you know, they're not charging you nearly as much as some other pinball companies are for their offerings. And so we, we look forward to seeing what the final version of the game is. 
but every month they get further from October, <laughs> the more and more the game becomes a harder thing to sell because of the seasonality of the theme, right? All right, number six on the top 10 moments of 2018, Munster's Leaks. So Munster's is probably the worst kept secret in pinball history. We all know that Munsters is coming out. We've known for months and months and months. We've known probably since the beginning of last year that Stern had the Munsters license, uh, but we then started to see some leaked images that just confirmed it. And nothing, nothing huge. We saw some cabinet art, uh, but most recently we saw more leaks of the playfield art and looked like they were grabbed off a computer screen. But the Munsters leaks have created uh, a year long of Munster's speculation. And it's interesting that the speculation continues because we pretty much now have seen what the entire play field is. Now look, it doesn't take a genius to sort of imagine what we've seen and just put a lower play field in there and maybe a bash toy here or there. But that's what the Munsters is gonna look like. It's gonna look a lot like Monster Bash. The remakes uh, of Monster Bash, sorry, the remake, sorry, the layout of Monster Bash and the Munsters is very similar. Uh, the artwork, of course, looks great. Christopher Franchi always knocks it out of the park with his art packages. Uh, but the Munsters leaks was really interesting because it also was a big moment in 2018 because Stern didn't give us three cornerstone titles in 2018 they missed that window and it's interesting because they, they gary promised us that but we really only got uh iron maiden Th these were the titles in 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 2018 iron maiden deadpool beatles and primus right so where are the cornerstones is deadpool and iron maiden and then it was supposed to be monsters uh so we didn't get monsters in 2018 but here's what i think is going to happen and 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 i might be wrong i might be right but i think stern is going to reveal the monsters on new year's eve mark my words i think they're going to do that i think it's going to be a new year's like sort of special i think they're going to do it so they can say they did deliver and reveal three cornerstone titles in one year that is canada's prediction now i know zach listens to this show and he's probably like fuck Chris once again said something and now we can't do it because now it's going to look like we listened to him. No, nope. I just think it'd be smart to do it on New Year's Eve because it, it, it keeps you true to your word and it's also on the line already so we know it's coming out. So the Munsters leaks was a big moment in 2018. All right, number five on my list is it was the year of the Yeti. It was the year of Zombie Yeti. We got back-to-back -back titles. We got... We got Iron Maiden, Legacy of the Beast, and we got Deadpool back to back, which was really, really like an awesome thing. You know, Zombie Yeti, his artwork is some of the best we've ever seen in pinball. Uh, it, it's always very detailed. It's always very incredible. He's, he's a very passionate personality in the pinball hobby. And I, I will say it's the year of the, of the Yeti too, not just because he gave us two phenomenal looking games. Uh, he also like was very outspoken this year in pinball. And, and, and it's, it's like he's completely burnt out. And I, look, I forgot to mention too, Primus Pinball. Three titles from Zombie Yeti in one year. So he's been breaking his back, making these pinball games happen behind the scenes. And I think it broke him. 
I think it broke him. And, and I think that's one of the top 10 moments is, of 2018 is that Zombie Yeti is burnt out and wants to take time off. And we might not see a Zombie Yeti title in 2019. And I think that's a, that, that was definitely an, an interesting moment because within the year of the Yeti, I do want to say that you have to put within one of the top 10 moments Iron Maiden pinball. And, and I think within that... Keith Elwin's design and and getting something refreshingly new from a design layout for Stern was just a huge moment, and 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 I don't mean to to sort of minimize the impact of Keith's design on the hobby this year because it, it truly was a great year for Stern and the fact that you know they took a title like Archer they worked with Keith Elwin to sort of re you know redo it in uh, within the world of Iron Maiden. Or reskin it, sorry, because it wasn't fully, you know, redone. But you know, it was an exciting year, and I think for those of you out there, uh, I think Iron Maiden was a game that a lot of tournament players appreciated because it shot so differently. Uh, the scoring balance is great. I will say this: it's the end of the year, and I've been in the Iron Maiden threads a lot recently. I think people are having a lot of trouble getting that game dialed in. I think there's a lot of mechanical issues that are going on with the game that have to work properly for the game to be satisfying. And what is the long-term you know, quality control assessment of a game like Iron Maiden? I'm not going to go down that road right now, but it does seem like owners are having a little bit of a problem with this game and getting everything to work properly. Which is a shame because I want Stern to take more chances and do more innovative things. And I, I feel like if they go down a different road of, of, of what they've been doing lately and, and there's issues, they might want to go back to playing it safe. And I don't want Stern to play it safe with their designs. All right. Number four, sticking in the world of Stern. Number four on my list of top 10 moments of 2018, uh, Beatles and Supreme Pinball both sent the pinball enthusiast world into a tailspin. I don't think I've ever seen more people butthurt than when Beatles pinball was revealed. Uh, it was a moment that has been dominating conversation for the last few months for a few reasons, right? One, it's Beatles. It's one of the biggest themes of all time. So you've got the camp of people who really feel that Beatles deserved a completely new game. It should not have been a reskinned Sea Witch. Then you've got the. Uh, it looks good. It, it looks good, and like I get what they were going for. They were going for a classic game that looked like it came from 1964. I get all of that. I get it all. But then you get the price. No game brought out the price police, and we know who they are because you know who they are. They're all of you. We all are in. You know, we are deputized Price Police members. Every one of you, if you love pinball, you can't help but at any point look at a game and say you, if you think it's worth it or not. And, and, and you want to give your opinion about whether it's worth it or not. And you're not like most, you're not, you, don't, you don't behave the way Stern would want you to behave, which is, hey, if it's fun, then it's worth it. Blah, blah, blah. No, that's not the way we think. We're actually adults with brains that function, and we don't just say fun equals value in pinball, right? So the price police came out, and they came out in droves around this title because it, it was like this, like, it, it was almost like an atom bomb went off inside the pinball world when they announced that 
the Beatles gold would be 8,000. The platinum and diamond editions wouldn't be priced at all. Now here's, that's the thing. There, there is no official price on those two higher end versions that, that's out there. It was up to distributors to set the price and we know what happened. Distributors were setting the diamond edition between $25,000 and $30,000. Insanity ensued, debate raged on. People were calling people morons and idiots for if they were going to pay that. How could you charge that much? It's just a little placard on, on the apron. There's actually nothing different in the game. And I, I, I agree with all that. I, I think this, the diamond and platinum editions were total cash grabs, but they're not really cash grabs if you think about it. But they're, total, they're totally designed to fleece the obsessive Beatles collector into buying this game because no pinball collector is actually going to go in on those super expensive versions because they know too well the story of Magic Girl, the story of like rare games for rare sake that aren't actually different or even like, you know, that's the thing with Beatles is no one's ever, the Diamond Edition will head nothing but south. If you pay $25,000 for a Diamond Edition, no one's going to be like, oh my God, I really got to have a Diamond is because you know why? Because they can have the same exact experience in a gold edition. If there were different songs, different mechs, different layout, something that made the experience different, it could have somewhat justified an increase in price. But if you buy one, people will look at you like you're a dope and they won't really care to get it. And I think it's just going to be those kinds of games, right? Now, that being said, I don't blame Stern at all. I don't blame Joe Kamikow. I think what Stern did was was fine. Ultimately, it's up to you. If you don't want to buy it, don't buy it. And remember, Stern never set that high price. The distributors did. So blame the distributors. This is this was a gift from Stern to the distributors to make them some extra money because they've watched consumers like me flip their games and no one sees an extra penny, not the distributors, not Stern. You know who sees it? The flipper. And this, this, this game was designed to basically allow the distributors to act like a flipper, make a big profit, and also ultimately to hoodwink you from, from thinking the gold edition is worth $8,000 because it seems like a bargain. All right. Now, Supreme Pinball, on the other hand, completely different. Contract manufactured by Supreme with Stern in, in partnership uh, to, to create a Supreme version of pinball. And we all know, if you don't know this, the world of Supreme, that's okay. I, the world of Supreme collecting and pinball hobbyists, they're worlds apart. They're universes apart. But Supreme is more popular in mainstream society than Stern Pinball. And if you don't understand that, then you don't understand where culture is at and where society is at. Supreme Pinball is a juggernaut in the world of fashion and it, it, it's just the way it is like you could argue that point but supreme has more fans than stern pinball and and it's it's i think it goes without saying that when supreme put up a video of their pinball machine they got two million views if stern pinball put up a pinball video it would get like two thousand views so just do the math okay now look supreme pinball also was never like for sale it was made it was sold through Supreme's network to Supreme collectors. 
I believe at the price of $10,000. I'm not sure how people like Ed Robertson and Sunshine Laundromat got them, but I, I could take a, a guess. That's probably not too wild that they buy so many Stern machines that Stern just hooked them up with a game that's really valuable and collectible. And that's cool. I have no problem with that. There's something called loyalty and taking care of your loyal customers. That is the reality of business. And I think that's how it should be. Um, but Supreme Pinball really made a lot of people angry. It was a reskin of the Spider-Man's, you know, the simple Spider-Man game. And why is Stern selling out to this, like, you know, f uh, fashion entity that's, you know, millennials and crazy rich Asians are into? And this has nothing to do with pinball. And it's a terrible pinball experience. And once again, I think the diehard pinball community failed to understand what this game was all about. And I think it also speaks to a larger issue that we see crop up every now and again, which is that the pinball enthusiasts, the people on pin side, they think they're entitled uh, for every single pinball game to be made for them, that they own this hobby, that every single game has to appeal to them or else it's a piece of shit or else it's not going to sell or else they're going to kick and scream about it. And it's kind of ironic because these are, these are the same people that want to see pinball expand, that want to see pinball attract a new audience, that want to see you know more people out in the world understand that pinball is still alive and kicking. And Supreme Pinball does that. It did that more than any other sort of pinball release simply because, what, what? like there's new pinball machines? Oh, there's Supreme Pinball Machine. I'll tell you this. I have friends out there in the world who don't follow pinball. And they know that I do a pinball podcast and they are into Supreme. And literally the only time they've ever shared anything pinball related with me is when Supreme Pinball came out and they would send me a link and say, oh my God, this is so cool. Like, can you, can you help me get one? And I'm like, yeah, get out your checkbook for like $40,000. So anyway, that was a huge moment. Number three on my top 10 moment. And this was a big one. This was a big, big one. This is one we called for a long time, but we finally got confirmation. And this might surprise you that this actually happened in 2018 because this is one of those stories where I'm never quite sure what year did what happen in because it dragged on for so many years. But in 2018, Highway Pinball folded its doors or closed its doors for good. The new investors that came out, Team Highway, they finally said it's over we're done, we're liquidating the company, we're filing for bankruptcy, and everyone who was waiting for their alien pinball machine received the bad news. And look, this, this was a huge moment. The collapse of Highway Pinball was something that was like a slow motion train wreck. And the writing had been on the wall for a really long time. And we've covered this uh, f multiple times on this show, you know the story. But I think that was a huge moment in 2018. It showed that no pinball company, no pinball company uh, is, is going to survive, even if they have a great theme, unless they do the right thing from a business standpoint, right? That you have to figure out how to structure your company properly. You have to learn how to manufacture. You have to like learn how to get your vendors in place. There's a lot that making pinball is really hard. And Highway Pinball on the surface always tried to convince us that everything was okay and we knew it wasn't. And even when Andrew was gone and these new people took over, there was a lot of, there was a lot of hope that they were going to figure it out because they did get some of those alien machines out the door. 
But ultimately, they were handed a sinking ship. It was still taking on too much water. And they were losing, I would say, six to seven figures annually just trying to figure out how to get these games out the door, and they called it quits. Now, what does the future hold for the individuals who started this company? I don't know. I don't know, but maybe we'll talk about them in our 2019 prediction show. All right, the number two moment, top 10 moment in 2018 is this. Jersey Jack Pinball removes the spinning discs and treasure chests from opening and closing from Pirates of the Caribbean. Now, again, remember, these are the moments that sparked the conversation. These are the moments that got people like engaged and riled up. And this was a huge moment. This was a huge moment because 2018 was a year in which people were expecting to get Pirates of the Caribbean at sort of in Q1. I mean, Jack promised this game in Q1 of 2018. He revealed it in Q4 of 2017. Month after month went by, and then everyone got what we all could agree was the bad news, that they couldn't figure out how to make two of the features in the game function properly, that they were going to be removed from the game. And we all remember the video. Eric posted a video, real somber video. It was, like, it was on, it was on a, like a Friday afternoon, like a good time to deliver bad news. And I think what was hard with this one with Jersey Jack is th- these features were really the focal point of the game when when they revealed it and they launched it to the world. And so here we were months later and now stuff was being yanked out of the game. And I think what this did to the game uh, is still impacting the sales of this game today. And, And here we are, we're December 27th. The game is finally getting to consumers. I mean, it literally just started shipping a few weeks ago and I I've covered it. I've been reading the threads. I hear everything from the game's biggest masterpiece of all time. It's the greatest Jersey Jack game ever. uh, All the way to, there's a lot of issues with the game in terms of it breaking down on people, broken wires, this and that. And you know, look, it's it's really hard with any new game like this to know where the truth lies. And because the reality in this whole hobby is pinball truth only lies within. If you love it, you love it. If you don't, you don't. There's no one man's opinion that is that should be taken as fact, right? I can't tell you something about this game and then that's exactly what that game is. You might absolutely love it. You know how I feel about the game. I'm not going to rehash some of the stuff I feel about the game. I'm happy people are finally getting them. Um, but I do think the biggest moment uh, in Jersey Jack's year was that removal because we know that orders were canceled. We know that excitement for the game and hype for the game uh, started to dissipate. And I'll say the delay goes along with that. You know, this was a year where Jersey Jack completely fumbled another launch. And, And this, again, this is not a personal attack. This is not an opinion. They fumbled the delay of the game. They literally made people wait. If you think about it, this game really isn't shipping in high volume yet, and it's over a year since it was revealed. And that is that was the big moment of 2018 for Jersey Jack. The delay of the game and the two features coming out. All right, number one moment of 2018. And I wanted to end on a positive high note because some of this stuff goes back and forth. But I think the number one moment of 2018 for me, the moment that just like said, you know what? Like, this is awesome. 
This is really an accomplishment. This should be celebrated. And that is that total nuclear annihilation has sold 550 units, making it the best-selling spooky game of all time, making it a game that went from someone's basement onto an assembly line into people's homes. Uh, it is one of the games where I hear the most positive feedback around. It, it was a different approach to pinball. It's not a complex game. It's not a confusing game. It's not an over. It's not a game that's relying overly on like you know an art package. It's just cool pinball, and people spoke, and people wanted it, and I think this game represents what I would like to see there be more of in pinball, which is just a different take on pinball, you know. And look, Scott will be the first one to tell you he's not trying to take down Stern. He's not trying to compete with themes like Batman and Star Wars. He just wanted to make a really cool pinball machine, and he and he succeeded in that. And I think to me that was the number one moment in terms of 2018, uh, because I think it's a moment that everyone feels good about. I think it's a moment that everyone can understand why that game is the way it is. It, I, I remember standing in front of the Whitewood. It, it was like one of the coolest light shows and music, musical experiences uh, ever in, in a pinball game. And, and it's like, wait, this guy like coded this in his basement. He like wrote the music himself. Like it's like a one man band kind of game, and that's really cool. And he, you know, he made the game with parts that he could get from Pinball Life. It, was, it wasn't like he was trying to do too much. Um, and 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 and, and it, you know pinball used to be something you could step up to and in 30 seconds to a minute enjoy and and if there was one wish i could i could i could put out into the world being that it's the holidays is that we get back to more of that pinball should be immediately fun you know i've heard people like criticize me oh, he's so negative on pirates of the caribbean because he he's so lazy he doesn't want to take the time to have to fit like i you shouldn't have to take a large amount of time to figure out how to have fun with pinball machine. You know, like where did, when did we get to this world where like to have fun with the pinball machine, you need a manual before you can start having fun. I, I that's not how it should be. Uh, and I think that's why games like the Beatles games, like TNA, they're fun for people. They're very fun for people. You know, I want to leave you on this note. There's two movies you should go see incredible. And I was thinking about pinball when I was thinking about these movies and why I love them so much. But Bumblebee and Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse are two of the most amazing films I've seen all year. If not, probably the greatest superhero movie and definitely the greatest Transformer movie I've ever seen since the animated film back in the day with Orson Welles in 1987. The reason why they're so much fun is, is basically they're both very simple stories that you care about, that you enjoy, that engage you immediately. You're right in it. They're not complex. They're not trying to do too much. They're not trying to save like the, you know, the entire like galactic world from like infinity stones. It's not this over like overreaching thing. It's just goddamn good time. Goddamn fun. Look, and maybe pirates gets there for you. And if, if it is great, if it is, you know, I just think that pinball and the experience of playing pinball and the reason why people love pinball from the nineties is you can walk up to a machine and immediately find something to have fun and engage with. Really, you could bash the genie. You could hit the, the treasure chest. You could like do this, do that. Like all the great games. You could hit the castle, Medieval Madness, and hit it a few times. And all of a sudden, like the drawbridge goes, you know, and it collapses. 
that's what pinball needs, that a dummy can walk up to it and absolutely know what to do and shoot for and have an amazing time. And that's my criticism, you know, of, of, of where we are with pinball nowadays. You walk up to these machines and there's nothing like that. There's nothing like that. And so why can't we have the best of both worlds where we have those elements in the game and also have, you know, stuff for people that want to go deeper. And, and, I, and that's where pinball magic lies, right? All right, everyone. That was my top 10 list. I would love to hear if you think I missed anything or if you agree with anything at canadapinball at gmail.com. I will be back with more CEO Dave assessments. I will also be back. I'm going to try and get a guest to do my 2019 predictions, which is coming up. And I have to say this. I do think that the Twippy Awards being in March is too late. It's just too late, Jeff. What, why in March? Like literally, the best, the best of everything from 2018 is going to be is going to take place three months after the year's over. It's too late. You should have done it now. Now's always the fun time to award the best of the year. I'm just just saying from a marketing standpoint, you kind of messed up. Everyone, have a great day. Yeah.